Hey everybody, welcome to Season 3, Episode 2 of Adoption Hacks. I'm your host, Candace Laycock. Today on the show, we have foster mom, Ashley Peters, who's going to share her foster journey and lessons she's learned along the way. Ashley's experience covers so many aspects of foster care, like being on the same page with your spouse, extensive visitation hours, and birth parent empathy, and the all-consuming nature of foster care. I didn't want to edit anything down because these are all such important parts of foster care to dive into. So today, you'll hear part one of our conversation, and tomorrow, part two will come out. Here's our interview. All right, welcome Ashley to Adoption Hacks. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you. I'm so excited for you to be able to share your story with us. So um, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. Okay. So I am a stay-at-home mom. We have, my husband and I have been married for 11 years this summer and we have um, four kids, three bio, and um, our youngest is our foster daughter. And um, between carting the kids around, <laughs> maintaining the house, I feel pretty crazy. So. Yeah, I imagine. <laughs> and how did the whole foster journey start for you guys? Um, so it's kind of, I mean, I don't know. I guess I feel like everyone's story is crazy. We didn't know anybody that fostered. I okay. had no experience with foster care at all. Um, but my husband and I had kind of joked, like, in our early 20s. I was like, oh, we're going to have four kids. Um, and after we had the first one, we were like, okay, this is kind of harder than we thought. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll just have three kids. And then we had our second which left us with one girl and one boy and my husband was kind of like I think I'm good well I I didn't know that was like my last time going no I no I'm not good so Hmm. we had one more and we felt honestly like just very full um we had the kids pretty close together and so I was busy and um we had actually just moved to a brand new neighborhood, so I didn't know anyone. And my husband had got promoted. Um, he works in law enforcement, so a promotion actually makes you like bottom rung on the schedule. So he ended uh-huh. up working graveyards because he was the lowest guy on the totem pole after his promotion. Okay. So I didn't really like know anyone. He's not really around, and I was running an Etsy shop at the time. So I put the kids to bed and just work on my Etsy shop and. Out of nowhere, I just kind of had this thought about foster care, Hmm. and it just consumed me. Like, I researched as much as I could that night. The next day, he got home from work, and I'm like, I think we should do this. And he's like, you are crazy. (laughs) Like, you just got done telling me how you're barely surviving with three kids. I think our youngest was like six months at the time. Wow. And he's like, there's no way. And, I mean, another just really important aspect is... Like, he works in law enforcement, so he's taking, he's working with CPS. He's removing children from families. Like, he sees all that, and he's like, there's no way in heck I want Mm -hmm. my family anywhere near that, you know? Like, my job is to protect you guys. We're not doing that. And so he, like, real quick, like, brushed his hands of it. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't, like, really convinced that he was totally done. (laughs) Um, But after a few more conversations over, like, the next two weeks, it was, like, pretty clear, like, once I learned more about, like, you know, foster parents could be responsible for supervising visitation and mm-hmm. just kind of learning more, I I kind of felt like there's no way we can do this. Yeah, we can't. Yeah. And so I really just pushed it off for, like, 
probably a year. Okay. And then um, I was talking with a friend at, like, the park one day, and she had asked me, like, Ashley, you know, whatever happened to foster care? How's the process going? And I was like, oh, no, we can't do it. You know, I read about visitation, and, like, there's just no way. And she just spoke, like, truth right into my heart. She Mm -hmm. said, I remember her telling me, like, Ashley, that's not a desire that God gives everyone. And so if you had that, that is given by the Lord and you need to pursue it. You need to find a way that you can do it. And I never really thought of it like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was just one of those really convicting moments of like, yeah, I mean, it is something that I want to do and maybe I shouldn't just write it off as an immediate no. So Hmm. that began like a year of me really kind of working on my husband Mm -hmm. and um he finally got on board and uh we did our classes and certification together and real quick the rest is history oh (laughs) what did that year look like of you getting him on board yeah that's a really good question so I really just gave him my space his space Mm -hmm. so I did tell him like this is something I really want to do. I feel really passionate about it. And I feel like Lord has placed it on my heart. So like I gave him space. Like, could you just pray about it? Can you think about what that might look like for you? And then whenever you're ready to talk about it, let's talk. And so it was just that. I mean, that's why it took a year. It was real slow paced. If I would read an article or hear a story, I would share it with him. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I started looking into like foster family agencies. I just really never stopped. I just kept trying to learn as much as I could. Um, and he just, it just finally, he he got ready, like, in his own time, you know? Did you end up going with a um, an FFA? Yes. The only reason I went the FFA route is because the county was, the classes were always full. I couldn't get in. Okay. Can you just explain for listeners what that, okay. what that looks like and how it differs from working with the okay. county? Right. So FFA stands for Foster Family Agency. Um, And the major difference that I know, I've never gone the county route, so I can't speak to that, but I have made a lot of friends that do. So Mm -hmm. a foster family agency really just supports the foster family. They're kind of like your voice. It's almost like you get an advocate because in the foster care situation, you know, the social worker is for the, the the birth parents and the child. Um, the child gets an attorney. The birth parent gets an attorney. Foster families don't really get anything. I mean, mm-hmm. as far as, like, court goes, you're just kind of this babysitter. And so, basically, an FFA kind of steps in and says, we're going to be your voice. Let me work with the social worker for you. Let me talk to the child's attorney. Let me just be your sounding board. And, mm-hmm. you know, in the beginning when, of, like, our first placement, that was just such a major gift because we would have these social workers come in and out and they would just say things that would bring me to tears. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it was almost like they just didn't have a heart. I know now looking back, like, okay, they do this all the time. This is just their job and they can't have emotional attachments, you know, Mm -hmm. but the FFA really just gave us that emotional support. Mm -hmm. Um, and guidance even because that's the other thing is like I don't I'm not getting a court appointed representative I don't know if I should be filing paperwork or if I should be doing certain things and so the FFA really came in and and supported us in that so it's my understanding from what I hear that if you go with an FFA you have a lot more paperwork you have to do Um, and I don't really know how that differs with the county but honestly it's like 
no problem. I don't mind doing that, knowing that I have somebody that's like really just advocating for our family and the, and the child based on our family. So. Okay, cool. Um, okay. So then, yeah, just sort of walk us through your, your journey once you, once you both were a yes. Okay. So once we both decided this is what we're going to do and we found our FFA, um, we started um, the certification process. So that took us like nine months um, just because, you know, we've got three other, we've got three kids, we're right. sports and we're just a busy family. So it took us about nine months to get certified and it took us, I think, two months to get our first call. But our first mm-hmm. call um, was a definite temporary placement and we, our intent was to adopt. We wanted to foster to adopt. And so we said no to that one. Um, and then about a month later, we got a call for a newborn girl. Um, she was in the hospital. She had been born a week and a half prior and um, was in the NICU um, just detoxing from um, some narcotics. So I was told by the county social worker that works in the hospital, you know, birth parents are not involved. And so it seemed to me like a pretty clear, like, okay, good. This sounds like the kind of case and adoptive case. So, mm-hmm. and that's really what our FFA had told us about the county is nobody can really guarantee you like this is an adoptive case. They right. can just find a case that looks like it's going to lean a little more towards adoption versus like a temporary placement. So we were like, okay. So she told me, you know, I'll call you tomorrow um, around noon and you'll come pick up the baby. So we told all our friends and we had like um, our church at the time had put together like this gift basket of stuff and we were so excited. Um, and then like the next day came, <laughs> the hours passed and like I hadn't heard anything. So I called the social worker. She didn't answer. She called me back like an hour later and said, okay, I, I've got some news for you about the case and let me know if this changes your decision. So she told us that uh, mom, birth mom was definitely around and had been at the hospital every day the last week and a half wow. that um, baby was there. And then she said, and mom's been given 10 hours of visitation a week. Oh my goodness. And at that moment, I just instantly, I remember I was in Target and I just started crying because mm-hmm. I was like, how in the world, 10 hours? Are you joking? Like that, and that was in our county. That was our understanding that that was the max per parent. So I'm like, oh my gosh, she's getting the max. So mm-hmm. I went home and I called my husband. He didn't answer. He was at work, and so I immediately packed up everything, all the gift basket stuff Aww. we received. Like I was like, I can't do it ten hours. That's insane. There's no way we can do that. Yeah. And so my husband finally called me back and. I told him everything, and then I told him, like, I packed it all up. We're not going to do it. And he was like, what are you talking about? Hmm. Like, we said, yes, we're going to do this, and we already said yes to this baby, so we're taking her. And I was like, how are we going to do the visitation? And he was like, I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're going to figure it out. Hmm. We committed to this baby. We're doing it. And that was really now, when I look back on that moment, I'm like, thank goodness I gave him time to just kind of get there on his own because mm-hmm. 
for the longest time, I kind of felt like this was my little circus show. I'm the one that wanted to foster. I got our whole family on board. And if I say no, then we're not going to do it. And for him to kind of have ownership of his own foster care, you know, journey and say, no, we are going to do this. Mm -hmm. Like, it's crazy to me to think if he had have said that because we would absolutely not be here in this in this place that we're at now you know yeah that's such a good point it was yeah I mean it's it's one of those things that I think back on and it just gets me so emotional um so he was like we're gonna figure it out I will do whatever it takes you know I'll I'll stay with the kids you go do visit whatever we'll figure it out and so I was like all right here we go so um our baby didn't end up getting released for a few more days because she's ended up showing withdrawal symptoms again but um we ended up picking her up on a friday and on monday morning at like eight in the morning social workers calling me mom wants to see her baby mom wants to see her baby and so she told me like i need you to come meet her at a park and you can you know let her see her baby for two hours so this is when then and again the ffa really helped because our my caseworker at the time was like I'm coming with you mm-hmm. and I'm gonna do this with you don't you worry and which was great I mean it's still it's the craziest it's so crazy this experience and I don't know I know it's not like this in other places um even in other counties where I live in California parents foster parents do not supervise visitation but in Orange County there is just a major shortage of social workers and so oftentimes foster parents find themselves in this position so um mm-hmm. That began the start of, of seeing her mom for multiple hours a week. We ended up, our FFA got an intern um, that was able to help support us with, like, I think three of those hours. Mm-hmm. So I would do the, the other seven, and, you know, mom mom was doing great. She's showing up. She's healthy. And it started to feel like, okay, she's going to get her baby back. And I'm just like this babysitter you know I'm just watching her kids for her because you know review hearings are only every six months so I'm like we're not even going to court for six months so this is going to be my life for the next six months and then I'm going to have to give this child back to her back mm-hmm. to her mother which is great and reunification is so beautiful and I I love that that is the focus I really do I just didn't want to be one of the people doing that you right, know yeah like, it's I such did. a complex so many complex emotions are involved and yes. you're also what I think is interesting is you're also or what I want to hear about is you're spending 10 hours with this woman I, I mean that's more than like most of us spend with our friends certainly so I mean how is that affecting you getting so close to her and what was that like right so once we hit December, we got our baby the end of September. So once December came, we lost our intern because she graduated college. Oh. So I had to take all 10 hours by myself. And wow. so, yes, I was spending more time with her than anyone else in my life. I mean, my, what we would do, so the 10 hours, I would do two a day. My husband would get home from work about 530. I'd have dinner on the table. I would leave, get to the mall. We would meet at the mall from 6 to 8. I would get back at 8.30. He's already, you know, the kids have already eaten. He's done bedtime already. Mm. Um, And we did that for the whole month of December. And I was, that was my breaking point. It just became, I was so convinced she was 
going to go back to her family. Um, I'm missing all these things with my family now. Now I'm missing dinner every night. I'm missing like family time, mm-hmm. you know? And so I would just cry <laughs> the whole way to visitation. I would cry. And honestly, I was really angry. Um, because it just wasn't what I wanted. I mm-hmm. I had this this vision that we were going to just come save some baby that needed a healthy family. And mm-hmm. almost like we were like these superheroes. And we mm-hmm. were going to just help a kid. And she was just going to assimilate right into our family. And like we would never look back. And instead, I'm just, my heart is getting ripped out. I'm so terrified to attach to this child. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm waking up. You know, she's a newborn. So we're waking up all hours of the night so I'm exhausted um and so I would spend the drives to the mall just venting to God like Mm -hmm. I'm so mad at you why did you do this you know this isn't what we wanted I can't handle this um and basically I got to a point where almost like this crossroads where it was like I'm gonna have to figure out a way to manage getting through this or we're gonna have to be done and my husband gave me that freedom. He said, look, you're you're the one that's doing all the emotional work. You're hanging out with her mom. And I, if you want to be done, I'll support you. I get it. And I just kept feeling the tug on my heart. Like the Lord was just whispering, hang on, just hang on. And I felt that every time that I was mad, mm-hmm. I would feel him like, just hold on. And so what I essentially learned to do was to coach myself of like, this isn't all just happening to me and like, poor me. I'm so hurt and angry and frustrated and sad and heartbroken. Instead, like all these things are happening, but I can choose how I'm going to respond to those things. And I literally just Mm -hmm. learned the only thing I can control in all of this is how I'm responding, my emotions. And so I really just went through a period of like mental shift of like, this sucks, but it is what it is. And I'm going to make it through the best way that I can. Um, Mm -hmm. And by kind of working that out through prayer and meditation and conversation with my husband, um, you know, we somehow survived it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was getting to a point of like not really being emotionally available to my kids. It was like Mm -hmm. this whole situation was just completely consuming me completely, especially emotionally. I just was upset all the time. I was scared. And it was, I think also just kind of letting go of the expectations you had, you know, I thought it was going to be a certain way. And it took me a while to realize it's not going that way. And so Mm. after that crazy month, um, things started to lighten up. The County actually ended up stepping in and getting us some help to support the visitation, which was wonderful. So they took on like six of those hours and um, mom just started slipping. So I started to see like, okay, because you know what? It's interesting. In the very beginning, the county social worker, she would tell me, you know, this process is not easy on, on somebody like your baby's birth mom. It's This is hard. You know, they, they have a plan. They have things they have to complete, drug tests, things like that, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I, I started to see it take its toll hmm. on her, on our daughter's mom, our foster daughter's mom, and, and that it actually, it actually started to hurt me emotionally hmm. uh, when she wasn't showing up 
visits, mm-hmm. when I couldn't get a hold of her, when, you know, she wouldn't talk to me for like a week. And it actually, all those visits that I hated in the month of December where we were together so often just really helped me to build a relationship with her and just to have empathy. I mean, she wasn't just some random mom anymore. Like I knew her and I knew how much she loved her daughter and I knew what she wanted to do. And I finally understood how hard it was for her to be able to do that. And I think now looking back, like what a gift it was that I had all those hours with her as much as I kicked and screamed doing it. I needed that, you know, to navigate the rest of this, this journey with her. So, yeah, that's really good. And I think it's, it's so easy to like go and, you know, we're talking about expectations, like, and just have that image of birth parent being the enemy and being on the other side of a fight and, it, it is. I mean, it's such a gift. And even, you know, we have friends that things have happened at the very beginning of their case. So they've never supervised a visit. And I can just see it in our conversations mm-hmm. of like, but you don't know her, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's been great because we've kind of been able to, to balance each other out mm-hmm. um, with that insight. But it is true. I mean, you go from, yeah, just a person that you don't even know to oh, okay, I get you're a mom too, you know? This episode of Adoption Hacks is sponsored by Fawn and Foster. Fawn and Foster is a foster and adoptive family who recently adopted their son from foster care. After becoming foster parents, they quickly realized the incredible need for these children. So they created a Baby Essentials brand for giving back, and they donate 50% of all their profits to organizations that directly help foster children. They sell baby essentials like 100% organic cotton, muslin, swaddle blankets, burp cloths, baby bandana bibs, and multi-use nursing and car seat covers. I also love the quilts they sell. They are so cozy and warm, but breathable and soft. Their goal is to help as many foster children as possible. So check them out at fawnandfoster.com, F-A-W-N-A-N-D-F-O-S-T-E-R.com. Also check them out on Instagram to not only see the awesome items that they're selling, but to hear their heart and see what organizations they're partnering with in foster care. These items are great if you have a baby, but they also make great gifts. They're unique, organic, and you know that 50% of what you're paying is going directly to help foster kids. So again, check them out at fawnandfoster.com. What I haven't talked about at all is is her birth father. Um, So he actually was arrested a few days after her, after her birth. Um, so in the month of December, when all this other fun stuff is going on, the judge orders, orders jail visits for her. Mm. So I'm taking a three month old down to the County jail. I'm meeting a social worker in the parking lot that takes her in for like 30, 45 minutes. You know, they've got, he doesn't get to hold her. They've just kind of got this glass, And so, same thing, I kind of just get this perception of dad, not knowing him, you know, Mm -hmm. knowing he's been in custody and knowing, you know, stories that her mom has shared with me. Um, 
And so he is actually not a legal resident of the United States. And so he ends up being in jail for nine months. And then um, we get word that he's going to be deported. So this is about like, yeah, this is like nine months into our story now. So my husband and I decide, you know, there's a good chance we're never going to see this guy again. You know, you get deported. You're not going to be allowed back in the U.S. for a decade, for 10 years. So my husband and I decided to take the baby down to jail to just lay eyes on her dad so we know what he looks like. And just for any kind of story or insight that we might be able to give our foster daughter if, mm-hmm. if we get to adopt her. Yeah. And so that was a big game changer for us um, because we go down to the jail and he is just the most thankful and gracious Mm. person I've ever met. I mean, all he could do was between his tears, just tell us thank you um, Mm. and how happy he was. And so he ended up getting deported and the judge ordered um, just, I mean, we were doing the visits were supposed to be about an hour in jail. She never lasted that long. So the judge ordered then instead an hour of like, um, phone calls. Okay. So we started doing once a week, twice a week, just, um, like FaceTiming with the dad, um, which we still do now. So Mm -hmm. we have just kind of built that relationship with him and getting to know him and who he is. And it just, Mm. it really does change your perception. I mean, it's crazy to think of getting to know the childbirth parents because if they're in the foster care system, obviously the parents haven't made great choices for the child, Mm -hmm. but it is just such a game changer to get to actually know them as human beings rather than whatever narrative, you know, I'd written in my head about both of them. Yeah. Um, so fast forward to, um, now, um, you know, we still talk to the dad, we're still talking to mom. So they actually terminated, um, parental rights just last month. How long has it been? Um, she was night. It's been 20 months, 20 months total. So, I mean, yeah, we got her pretty much at birth. She was two weeks old and it took 20 months. So, um, we did, you know. We did the visitation through all that, and um, now we're done with visitation. So, um, well, mostly done. So, <laughs> after termination of rights, the the birth parents get like a goodbye visit. So, we're actually doing our goodbye visit tomorrow. So, mm-hmm. I will see her mom one last time, and we'll get some pictures together. And then, you know, the new journey is just kind of trying to learn how to navigate. I don't know what our relationship looks like now, you know, and I don't, I don't really know what it's going to look like. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm so glad that we have a relationship and my goal really is just that as, as our little girl gets older, that if she gets to a point where she says, I want to know my mom or I want to meet her, I want to know more about my story or whatever it is that I, I know exactly where her mom is and I can connect her, you know, in that sense. So yeah, we'll just see. having that possibility or that opportunity is huge. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I don't I don't want to make a choice for her. I don't know how right. she's going to feel when she's, you know, older. Um, you know, if she's 
I'm assuming, you know, she's going to want to know a part of her story, that part of her story. And so we definitely want to be able to connect those dots for her. So it's crazy just talking about it now because I have always, it's rare that I could ever even get through our foster care story without, without crying. There was just always so much uncertainty. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would even now, like, you know, this just happened last month and it's like, okay, so she is going to be here on her second birthday. Okay, she is going to be here on Christmas. I mean, you don't realize how much subconsciously you just don't know. You know, Mm -hmm. I I didn't realize it was kind of affecting me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like just in the last couple weeks, even like our relationship has changed. Like, no, you are mine, you Mm -hmm. know, and you are going to be here. And these are your siblings. And it's just, oh, man. It's so crazy. I can't believe we made it. But being able to look back and see all the hard things, you know, there was a time. So her her dad lives in India. That's where he was. That's his home country. And, you know, there was a time they were seriously trying to send her to India. You know, the dad had, he'd been working his program while he was in jail. And, like, we had no idea that he was doing that. And so they're, like, working with India Social Services, trying to figure this out and it's like stuff like that Mm. would come out of left field like every other month Mm. like these the social worker shows up they drop this bomb and they leave you with like (laughs) just emotional mess you know and now I'm like oh gosh of course it was worth it was worth all of it you know but it is definitely man it is no easy path you know such an incredible story. Make sure you download tomorrow's episode to hear part two of Ashley's journey. In the meantime, check out Adoption Hacks on Instagram, our sponsor, Fawn and Foster, and rate and review Adoption Hacks in iTunes. Thanks, everybody.